When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Stu Baca, and I'm a Gen X grown-up, and I support Gen X grown-up on Patreon, and you should too at patreon.com slash genxgrownup. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up Podcast listeners, to this episode 111 of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. I'm John. Joining me as always is George. Hey, how's it going, guys? And you know it wouldn't be a show without Mo here. Hey, everybody. In this episode, we review Marvel's latest big screen adventure, all about a team of ancient superheroes. Check out what's new in Apple's updated wearable timepiece and play a casual mobile puzzle game that just might get you in the mood to go camping. Hmm. Before we get into any of those topics and more, it is time for my favorite part of the show, and that is fourth listener email. We Before you start that one, I'm listener. just going to go ahead and say no to that last part of that teaser introduction. You don't want to go camping? You're sure? There's nothing that's going to get me in the mood to go camping. <laughs> yep. George, for once, I am 100% with you. <laughs> yeah. Only for once, not for twice, just not for, for twice. Once. No, no, no. That is enough. <laughs> we always say there are one, two, and three of us. We all knew we would listen to the show. And if anyone else does, that's you. You're our fourth listener. And the fourth listener this episode is Ben P, a longtime listener and yeah. Patreon supporter over there on Patreon. Thank you so Ooh. much, Ben. Uh, ben writes in with a subject line, bidets and such. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> are we back in our home improvement episode? Uh, I, again? Oh, well, man. Kind of, yeah. Well, we know what he's talking about. <laughs> so here's what Ben had to say. Hey, fellas, as any longtime listener knows, your show has always been a welcomed one-hour escape back to the good old days. However, <laughs> it's also like having good friends in the room giving you permission to not grow up too much. Every fourth listener knows that, but that's not why I'm emailing. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. This sounds like a George problem. Let's see. Why? <laughs> why? Every time they say there's more to it, it's always but George. But that's not why I'm emailing. George <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> what is that about? You know, we say we hear hoofbeats, you know, we think horses, not zebras, you know. And- <laughs> wow. <laughs> Damn. Here's why Ben's writing it. I wanted to take a moment to tell you how much I appreciate the post-production. Everything from hearing Mo in my left ear and George in my right and John in the middle to the detailed show notes linking everything you've discussed. These small details that I'm sure take a lot of time greatly add to my enjoyment of the podcast. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, it wasn't ripping on George after all. No, okay. It was zebras. Yeah, I think you both owe me an apology. That's some bullshit. Uh, oh, I apologize. This time. Okay. <laughs> this time. <laughs> He wraps it up by saying, side note, I almost drove off the side of the road from laughing so hard during the bidet segment. <laughs> it was its own segment. That's going to be a classic. That's going to be an art. It may you be. Know, when we were like 20 years from now, it was going to have a classic reel. That's going to be on there. We made it. It's going to be the highlight reel. We yeah. never talked. Oh, yeah. He wraps it up saying, keep up the good work, guys. Ben. Cool. Thank <laughs> wow, you, Ben. Thanks, ben. <laughs> 
you're right. It is a bit of extra work. I mean, Mo does all the show notes and cranks that out. George helps on all the research to get things together. And of course, the post-production and editing that you enjoy. It is a little bit more, but our fourth listeners are worth it as far as we're concerned. So we appreciate your writing in. We love it every time the fourth listener writes in. If you would like your email featured here on the show, it is so easy. Just hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. We read every single one. And most of them, like Ben's, eventually make the show. Very well, with that good business behind us, it is time to jump into the body of the show right after this break. Stick around. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Gen X Grown Up. But if you have a friend who's not yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. Pressman turns your VCR into a doorway to adventure. Which of you will own this famous Hollywood gorilla's tie tack? I'd be three thousand nine thousand. Fifteen thousand. I've got it. It's not so fast, Charles. The treasure's mine. We'll see. <laughs> Let the game continue. Pressman's new video cassette game with over eight million different adventures. Doorways to adventure. It's so much fun. It's wild. Also look for doorways to horror. Let's get the ball rolling, talking about media that we have been consuming since the last time we spoke. Of course, it could be uh, television or comics or books or movies or music, whatever it is. And George, I want to start with you. You checked out something that uh, has been a lot of anticipation for after many pandemic delays. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think. I don't know how many pandemic delays this one in particular had, but I know <laughs> we all many. three saw it as apparently the rest of the world did because I saw a commercial yesterday on TV said, number one movie in the world. And I was like, really? <laughs> Does it need to be? I mean, I'm sure mathematically they're right. Right, right. According to math, for this weekend, perhaps. Yeah. Right? So we're talking about Marvel's Eternals. Of course, mm -hmm. we were going to talk about that on this podcast no, as soon as all three not, of us right? got a chance to see it. Yeah, we could not talk about it. I think this is solidly in the C plus category of the Marvel films. There's tons of Marvel Cinematic Universe films out there. They started back with that original Hulk film that was um, Ed Norton. That was the oh, first. Yeah. Marvel mm -hmm. Cinematic Universe film uh, and they've gone all the way now to Eternals and there's a couple other ones that are coming up later on that are going to be interesting like Spider-Man yeah. back to home multiverse thing with Doctor mm -hmm. Strange and all but yeah. so I think the reason why I feel like this is a C plus effort is because they fell into the same trap we've often talked about with DC. Yeah. They came out with the multi-person story first without first getting us invested in the individual characters or plot lines or anything and they had too much to try and get us into. It's a comic that's not super well known like mm -hmm. a Spider-Man or a Captain America or mm -hmm. any of those yeah, kinds I'd of things. I'd never seen it. Never heard of it. I think I read one or two Eternals books when I was a kid maybe. That's his, and yeah. I couldn't remember anything from them at all. I think it's a comic book. It was like an on again, off again. Like they would do a series and they would cancel it, then they'd bring it back and then they would cancel it. And Now that being said, it was gorgeous. Mm -hmm. It was beautiful. They did a great job with the visuals. I thought they did a great job with the editing except for the fact that they kind of went a little bit too Tarantino with a whole back and forth in time stuff. Oh, the jumping uh, through points yeah, in time. Were, yeah. I knew why they were doing it because they were trying to, 
hide stuff from the audience so it would be a bigger surprise later right let's <laughs> okay we're not going to show the main eternal's death right now we'll show it to you later when it's more impactful and mm-hmm. you know yeah. i i get that but i don't know i felt like they never quite hit the mark dead center it felt like mm-hmm. they were kind of off target just a little bit they hit the target but they weren't in the bullseye. Uh, George, I 100% agree with you on that because it's wow. – it was again. That's twice. That's twice. <laughs> twice <laughs> once in, in the first 10 minutes. <laughs> Holy moly. For twice, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a bad movie. You know, right. it solid acting, great visuals, all that stuff. But like, I agree. It's like you didn't get invested in these characters at all. You didn't have time. Yeah. And there's seven of them, right? That's what I think it was. Some of them aren't even in the movie that long. It's hard to feel bad. I mean, I think they did as good a job as you could in that amount of time. I think so. Yeah. But they could have done. Uh, yeah. It could have been separated. If you had or, other movies to set this up, yeah, this absolutely. movie would be more impactful. That's what we talk about. That's what made the Avengers so successful. Right. You give mm-hmm. me Captain America. Mm-hmm. You give me Thor. You give me all these other films ahead of it. And then, oh, my God, they're all coming together in this big, <laughs> giant film. And it's right. enormous. And we know all the characters and what's this guy going to do? And what's that guy going to do? And right. Iron Man this. And yeah, you skip all the background. You go right to the action. Exactly. Right? <laughs> you had yeah. not, they tried to weave the background in, but mm-hmm. I don't think they had enough time to do both. That might have been harder to do in this film because kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy, this is a group. They didn't have separate origins. They kind of had the same origin. They right. all true, arrived true. on Earth under one assignment and then they disbanded after their work was done-ish, I guess, after the main bad guys. Um, but I don't disagree that I felt the same way about it, that that mm-hmm. DC kind of feeling that I'm like, who are these people? OK, I will accept that they are a big deal. What I did like was the historical interweaving where you get to see them throughout time at different pivotal. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. They're in Egypt or they're, you know, Sumeria. Or kind of an at. age of empires. Feel. <laughs> that was cool. Yeah. I, I did like that a lot, even though, you know, again, I wasn't invested in the characters. I had a feeling throughout it that if I was a bigger comic book fan, I would be more excited throughout. And I don't know if that's accurate, but knowing that I'm not a big comic book fan. Mm. And I remember, George, when I asked you after you saw it, and I texted you and you you said, how is it? You said, a good effort. The ending credit scenes are awesome. Yeah. And I was eager for the ending credit scenes. And I'm like, wow, that looks like something that somebody's excited about, but I don't get it. I don't know who that's supposed to be <laughs> or why I'm supposed to be excited or why is Patton Oswalt some kind of a weird dwarf? I don't know how to get it. I don't know what's going on. But I, I even turned to my friend. And I, go, I bet George is super excited about that, whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> it was oddly enough that in that scene that you're talking about, that character, and I don't want to spoil it for anybody in case they haven't watched it, that character is more well known to me than the other characters. But yeah. it's because he had his <laughs> yeah. own series for a while and he had hmm. more interactions okay. with the other Marvel Universe people um, as you could tell from some of the name drops that he did in that scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. Uh, well, yeah. Patton Oswalt did for him, I guess. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and John, yeah. you're right. I mean, but you look at Guardians of the Galaxy, I mean, they had four characters. If you were to deal with. That's right. true. Yeah. And also, it was probably, probably better written. I mean, like, you learn the characters through the story, right? There was no flashbacks really. There was no, you know, it, they mm-hmm. did a great job of writing and building the characters through that. So, yeah, maybe seven's too many. <laughs> well, four to seven or five or however many. It, with Guardians, they gave each one of them five minutes to tell a backstory and get us invested you in that character. You kind of got the mini origins, didn't you? A little you bit. You got yeah, Star-Lord yeah. with his mother dying. You got Gamora and, you know, all the stuff with her sister and Thanos and whatnot. You got all the different characters had their own little moment. And, and matter of fact, John C. Riley running them down the line mm-hmm, when they right. were going into That's prison. Right. Yep. When he's giving that stuff, that just kind of cemented their right. backgrounds a little bit more. And they made those scenes funny. I think yes. that might be the difference. Guardians of the Galaxy was 
humorous. Mm-hmm. Eternals. Mm-hmm. There was, was something pure else drama. to enjoy. Yeah. yeah. So yep. before I ask you for your rating and kind of what, where you would grade this, I know you already said C plus, so I get an idea of where we're going with that. One thing I thought was interesting. I don't want to again give too many spoilers. It's a brand new film, but I was as not super immersed in Marvel as a lot of people are. Even I could appreciate how what unfolds in this film completely changes the complexion of what was going on with Thanos. Like it says, well, was he right after all? It turns out maybe was he not the evil guy? Now he didn't have good motives, but right. like what he did actually caused the Eternals to need to get busy, right? Because when the blip ended, so like, what did you think of that from a comic book perspective? Hmm. From a comic book perspective, uh, well, as a comic fan, like did that break things? Did it mess it up for you? You know, no, what'd you think of I that? mean, I I don't think it did. I think you're right that it helped explain and give some more uh, legitimacy to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that you bring up Thanos and that whole situation with Eternals because even though the series came out a while ago, I just f- started re-watching again the What If cartoon mm-hmm. series on yes. Disney+. Plus. Uh-huh. Yep. And the second one there is What If T'Challa, the Black Panther, had really become Star-Lord? Yeah. Yep. And Thanos is a part of that whole storyline in several different mm-hmm. ways. And the Thanos that's in that What If universe really gives you a different view and appreciation of Thanos. Hmm. Thanos okay. is the epitome of the best type of bad guy because to him, he's the hero. Right. He's he is, sacrificing right. Yep. everything. He's doing the worst thing imaginable just so everybody else can live comfortably. For the greater good. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he's willing to take that sit on himself for exactly. everybody. Right. And, you know, if you yeah. don't think about it a lot, you don't see that. You just see big, bad, purple chin guy who's wiping out half the universe. I think with the Eternals, we're going to start to see something like that with one of the characters. And again, no spoilers, but one of the characters who the three of us know kind of goes rogue a little bit or, Mm -hmm. you know, does his Thanos-esque thing, you might say. (laughs) As far as the movie rating, I think I would $5 Tuesdays is probably my AMC list rating. I, I, I think you need to see it in theater. Yeah, that's true. It, it is, is pretty movie. visually mm-hmm. striking. Yeah. It's very pretty. And I think the big screen lends to that on our token system, three and a half, maybe okay, I'm trying well, to give it some okay. extra benefit because Marvel does a yeah. pretty good job of if they don't hit it out of the park with one movie, other subsequent movies can pick the storyline up and, and build bring upon. It yeah. So mm-hmm. this might be yeah. bedrock that is moving us forward greater than it is its own thing. Almost. Yeah. 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 Makes sense. Okay, nice. All right, Mo, I'd like to turn to you. I think you picked up on another new film, not yeah. the theaters, but uh, home streaming, right? Yep, it's on uh, Apple Plus. It's called Finch. It's a one-man show movie, basically, um, with mm-hmm. Tom Hanks and a robot <laughs> and a dog. I watched it because I was like, okay, it's Tom Hanks, right? I mean, mm-hmm. sure, going to be so bad, right? Robots, post-apocalyptic. I'm like, huh, that's interesting. It had enough little details. I'm like, okay, I have to watch this. I think it was a good movie, but to me, it was just so depressing. <laughs> and it was like... <laughs> So like, I didn't feel like the in a movie like oh that, I I feel good you know I'm like man that that movie kind of I feel awful. Can you give us like a little thirty second sure. premise of it because I know Eternals everybody knew that. Oh, that's one. true, true, good point. Seen Twenty million trailers, but people are still trying to figure out what Apple Plus is. So right. okay, so <laughs> the sun apparently starts giving off like more radiation. They don't explain what happened or why, but essentially, if you go into sunlight, it like will burn, like physically burn you, and there's lots of radiation. So it killed most of the population. There's some kind of solar flares that burned off some of the ozone or ozone something. Ozone or think, something like right? that. Yeah. 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 And so Tom Hanks is one of the few survivors and he has a dog and it's like near future, I guess I would call it, you know, time. Okay. 
Okay. And he's building a robot to take care of his dog because he's dying. Okay. That's the thing. Because he really cares about this dog. And he knows because of the radiation and everything else, he's not going to survive forever. So he says, okay, I have to make sure this dog's going to survive. So he builds a robot that'll take care of him. Boy, Tom Hanks gets really attached to his side characters. I mean, first the yeah. volleyball. <laughs> now the dog. Now the, volleyball. Now the dog. <laughs> and so the movie basically progresses with him like having to kind of like teach this robot how to be a person for the dog, I guess I call right. it. Be a companion a to surrogate. the pet. A companion to the dog. Yeah. And yeah. the robot itself is, is self-aware and intelligent. So it's trying to learn. And it's almost like an adolescent, like sometimes it's like a little kid thing like you know why 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 kind of thing and sometimes it has some is able to pick up on some deeper meanings but i mean it was really well done it was it was a good movie but you know i was just like oh i don't feel wonderful after any of this <laughs> you're right it wasn't uplifting so i i did yeah. watch this and i had to tell you i stopped about halfway through and took a break and watched something yeah. else because i'm like oh i'm exhausted yeah there wasn't anything like there wasn't there's not a light at the end of the tunnel that i'm expecting you know to get better necessarily I have a different name for this movie. I would call it Tom Hanks is mean to a nice robot for an hour and a half. That should be the name okay. of this film. <laughs> yeah. He is constantly mean to this super sweet robot who's just trying to do what he's told. And never does he like really get nice to him until like right before he dies. And I'm like, eh, in your deathbed, everybody's nice on your deathbed. Of course you're nice then. <laughs> like he was kind of a curmudgeon. He was kind yeah. of, and he, he was like that in life. He said, you know, I didn't get along with people. I work better alone. Yeah, he didn't like people. Yeah. And so he avoided people. And for whatever reason, they go off on this road trip because it's going to get worse where they're currently living. And so they try to get the same. San Francisco. It was an odd buddy road trip with people that weren't buddies and the road was pretty crappy and there was nothing to see along the way. It was an odd, <laughs> an yeah. odd thing. And, he said, and Tom Hanks, except for one flashback, which was very short, he's the only human you see in this movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They didn't pay much for actors. That's for no. sure. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't bad. I told my girlfriend about it. She's like, oh, I have to see it. I'm like, wait a minute. Did you just hear what I said? I just <laughs> told you didn't have to see it. <laughs> She's like, no, no. Sometimes you need to have sad movies. I'm like, okay, that must be a, a female <laughs> thing, I guess. Because wow, hey, I just lost a girlfriend. No, I'm serious because I'm like, that's not for me. I go to movies to feel better about stuff. Yeah. You know? What kind of a token rating would you give it, Mo? I mean, I would give it a solid three and a half. I think it was a good movie. <laughs> okay. I definitely would not, you wouldn't be wasting your time seeing it. It's not a movie I would normally watch, I guess I would say. All right, fair enough. I mean, I don't want the time back, but it wasn't uplifting or right. I don't think I'll watch it again. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think I've seen it. Yep. So that's what I got. So please, John, you got something uplifting? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. So I, I found a new animated series oh, cool. that's on Amazon Prime, actually. So if you got Prime, you, you already have access to this. It'll probably take me two weeks to be able to download it, but okay. <laughs> no, no. It doesn't work that way for you. You have broadband. It's different. <laughs> now, if they could email your, your packages, you'd be set, my man. Right. <laughs> you know, I love adult animation. So this is a new series called Fairfax. Mm. Oh, I heard uh, it's an animated show, and I think I'd stop short of calling it a funny show, though it is a comedy. It's more of a silly show. It's looking at the absurdities of modern Instagram clout culture a little bit. So the series centers around these four teenagers. They're all like 10, 11, 12, 13, like middle school age kids. Uh, and they all live in Fairfax, which I guess is a big deal area like around Los Angeles that's super into like hype mentality and Instagram fame and that kind of thing. Your avenue into it is the new kid that comes to town named Dale. And he comes from Oregon and he doesn't even have a phone. He doesn't have an Instagram account. And they're all like, oh my goodness. And he shows up wearing like <laughs> khakis and a fanny pack. And they think, wow, that's so 
retro and throwback and like, no, no, this is my real clothes. Oh, really? <laughs> but he meets up with his, some some friends. They move to Fairfax to take over a, a dead relative's vape shop, which is super appropriate for you know that kind of mentality. But they, they take that over and then he founds one friend named Truman, who's like a he's like a young filmmaker kind of guy. And he's always trying to make the next great an underground indie film. The, there's a girl named Derricka, who's like a super activist for every cause that there is. It's a big <laughs> deal. And then there's a, there's, there's a young kid who is always looking for the, what's the latest drop? You know, what's the new hot, cool t-shirt, the next cool sneakers to get or whatever. And it's really kind of a look inward at why it's such a big deal for not just these kids in the cartoon, but I think a lot of young people that are very focused on getting the next thumbs up or the next like or whatever. Mm. It's a bit tongue in cheek, but it's also pretty easy to look at and go, well, that's kind of sad that that's a big deal. Like, so they have a teacher in the middle school. And at one point they went and visited a retirement community. And of course, instead of being open and friendly with the retirement community, they're looking for, how can I leverage this on my Twitter? Oh. <laughs> I can find an old guy who was a veteran and make a small film about him. Or I can find this woman that used to be an activist and find a cause to take over with her. And at one point they're trying to get away because somebody is after them. And the teacher says, I'll stop and pick you up if you'll give me a follow on Insta. Oh, geez. <laughs> like, like that's the thing that motivates all these people. The, the animation style is, it's cute. It's very simple and kind of line drawn. Like Bob Berger kind of simple? Even less, even oh, less. Really? Yeah, a okay. little a little more scratchy a bit. I think it's an easy watch. There's only eight episodes. The whole season is out, I think. You can watch the whole thing. They're short little 20 minute episodes. But what I found interesting was I watched it with my millennial daughter. So as we're watching it and I look at her like, yeah, is that a big deal for you guys? She's like, yeah, kind of. Yeah, you're kind of chasing those likes or chasing those, you know, whatever. Wow. Even though my daughter's not as huge into it as they are. But I think it's interesting as Gen Xers, this show, to see how this is a kind of a snapshot or portrait of what's going on in the social community and how it distorts the lens for a lot of young people that we didn't have. And I don't think we follow it nearly as closely. And to see them, you know, in a cartoon, they magnify it and make it a bigger deal. So it's something interesting to check out. If you have Amazon Prime, you can already uh, give it a look. It's not, uh, I mean, it's not going to waste your time like Finch. You're going to come away from <laughs> feeling better about this than you did about Tom Hanks being mean to a robot. So we got that going for it. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to subscribe to or follow Gen X Grown Up wherever you listen. And while you're there, rate and review the show too. It helps more than you know. Experience Panasonic CD sound. Portable compact disc players with sounds so rich, so real. 
here we are into tech and toys, and I got mm-hmm. a pretty big tech this time. Oh. oh. Yeah. All right. So unlike you guys, I'm in the whole Apple infrastructure world. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Cult. You know, yeah, cults, cult. whatever. <laughs> and so I had an Apple Watch. Actually, I had an Apple Watch Series 1. So I had this watch for a really long time. That's like years old, right? Like five or yeah. six years? And it finally broke. Like I banged it against the wall one time too many. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, you need to get a new watch. Apple just announced a brand new watch that they just released, the Apple Watch Series 7. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I got it. <laughs> oh, Lord. They saw you coming. <laughs> yeah. They, oh, most watches broke. Let's get them to buy another one. Perfect. Like yep. phones, there's only so much you could. Like, I can't think of what they get add more to phones to make me want to buy a new phone. I mean, they get faster, the camera's better, blah, blah, blah. But that's really about it. There's no real big innovations anymore. Whereas, like, with this, the watches, it seems like they're adding a whole bunch of new biometric kind of stuff to it. Or, you know, you have you could measure your heart, your EEG, you know, it'll do your blood oxygen level, actually. How's it doing, doing that? Is it punching you with a needle? How's it checking your no blood idea. oxygen? Yeah, I mean, blood oxygen is easy. I have it's two a light, or three. Yeah pulse ox meters here at the house from when my lung collapsed. They just use infrared light and they measure the veins in your finger. That's if you've ever been to the doctor and they put that little thing on the tip of your finger Mm -hmm. and it's counting your heart rate. It's also counting your pulse oxygen. Yeah, it's pulse ox. So the pulse and the oxygen. Yeah. And this new watch is actually waterproof. Well, they can't say waterproof anymore, right? Water resistant. You know, you actually can go swimming and stuff in it and it should be fine. And also these biometrics, like if you like go for a walk or exercise and all that stuff, it'll actually take your measurements to say, okay, here's how efficient that exercise was. Right. Hmm. You know, how you burn calories, all that stuff. I don't know what, what much more they could add to it, to be honest. <laughs> it's bigger, which is nice. It's always on, which is nice. Yeah. I hated that about the Apple Watch. I, I liked my Galaxy that it was always on. Yeah. Because you look at your watch, you're like, it's off again. And you tap it or you smack get, it or you get, wiggle you your wrist. You flip your wrist just right to right. make it come on. Yeah, that's you know? good. Yeah. So it's always on. So I guess they made the battery more efficient to be able to do that. Right. And now it, it's not as good as the Galaxy Watch, which I know you can go a couple days without charging it, I think, couldn't you? You can. I charge it every day. But okay. Yeah. Well, this way you definitely have to charge it. I mean, it'll go like a day and a half probably, I think, right mm-hmm. now. You know, I, I charge it at night's like at 30%, but I charge it every night. The thing I kind of think like really a lot is the band. <laughs> it's actually <laughs> magnetic. And so it it uses magnets to put the band on. So it's really easy to get on and off. And when it's on it, like it stays on. Hmm. I think that's probably the coolest part, which of course you could buy this band for any watch, I'm sure. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, so John had bought me a long time ago, one of the Galaxy uh-huh. Wear watches, like a version or two back at that time. And the band that I ended up getting was one that I looped through a little like hinge and then folded it back over. And when it folded back over, it snapped magnetically, magnetically oh, to okay. the band itself. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think that's, you're right. That's pretty common. Some of the things that you're talking about, I'm not sure if Apple just put those in on the Series 7 or if they've been putting them in all uh, along. I think and, the last one had some of them, but yeah. because yeah. they're pretty common. I watch a uh, another YouTube channel, Mr. Mobile. And mm-hmm. so he does mm-hmm. these watch and phone reviews all the time. He gets sent all the new stuff. He's one of the nice. big players in the YouTube space for that stuff. And a lot of those things, it sounds like Apple is probably a little late to the bandwagon on, but they've probably perfected it. A yeah, little bit they tend to iterate on it, yeah. Right. Well, that magnetic wrist strap probably sticks to your wrist so well because it's uh, attracted to the Apple microchip in your wrist. You know, that's probably oh, wow. why I did so get well. vaccinated, so <laughs> that's, that's got to be it. That makes a lot of sense now. <laughs> How much did you have to drop on this Series 7? Oh, we have to ask that question. Uh, How you knew it was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, $399 plus the plus, uh, plus you know, to get yeah. above the base model. It goes to like mm-hmm. 430 change. It's not unheard of for these brand yeah, smartwatches. Yeah. I know, but it's, right. just, yep. it's a lot. As outlandish as 
as you might have thought. <laughs> I think it's outlandish in general for the watches yeah. for them to be those kinds of prices just across the board, but yours is not out of line with the rest of the pack, I don't yeah. think. Yeah, no. that's, that's true. It wasn't an insta-buy. I'll put that. I'll say that because I'm like, yeah, ah, those, sure. those prices across that industry are why I don't have one right now. The one I had, the battery swelled up and busted in it. No, I, oh, no. <laughs> I was trying to replace it, but I never got back around to putting it back together because I disassembled it really well. Uh, (laughs) that's the easy part man (laughs) yeah (laughs) but um i think that because for the ones that you want to wear i mean you can get sub hundred dollar oh yeah like yeah yeah yeah. but you miss out on a lot of the features you talked about or maybe a battery length issue but they have sub hundred dollar features yeah (laughs) yeah so until the industry as a whole comes down or my salary goes up, which <laughs> neither one of those things is likely to happen anytime soon. I don't think I'm going to be getting a smartwatch, but I do. I'm happy that you were able to get one. Okay. Thank you. So that's what I have. So John, you mm-hmm. have an update on your Unraid, right? Yeah. Well, I said last time that one of the things I was looking forward to doing soon was remember Levi yeah. had a response to George when he was looking at how to store stuff, how to store your media. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm not one for going halfway on things when I find something I'm interested in, I end you up diving know. in deep. <laughs> well, I was very intrigued. The more no, I researched- it's, it's very interesting. Yeah. The more I researched Unraid, the more I learned about it, the more I wanted to know. So I have started building out an oh. Unraid server. Now, I thought I was really going to save a lot of money. Uh, through no fault of Unraid, I've dumped more money in this than I expected to because I had a really good older PC that had, had been my primary PC for like six years, had a Core i7 in it. I'm like, great, this is going to really handle everything I need for an Unraid. Mm-hmm. And halfway through getting my build and my data migrated over, the motherboard failed in this thing. So I, I've uh. had to dump some more money. I thought I was cutting corners. So it really had your motherboard dying, you had nothing to do with Unraid, right? Exactly. Okay, yeah, okay. I'm not, none of that has anything to do actually with Unraid. Unraid. What I really want to focus on, though, is my experience so far with mm-hmm. Unraid and what I've learned. I know we talked a little bit about it, and you know, Georgie had some questions, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know I the answers to those because yeah. I've not really played with it. But I've learned more now, and it's really, really cool. I'm glad. I'm not glad I'm spending the money, but I'm okay <laughs> with the extra money that I'm having to spend. It's called Unraid because it isn't really a raid. For a raid, you really need redundancy. I need two drives for every. You know, right. if I have two eight terabyte drives, that just gives me eight terabytes, not mm-hmm, 16, mm-hmm. because there's redundancy, you know? The concept, and I actually had to refer to a friend to get the details on what this meant. It uses parity across all drives to know what was on the drive. Mm-hmm. So you can have four or five drives and a single drive is the parity for them, meaning it averages out the bits, bit by bit on every single drive. Mm-hmm. It has a checksum on the main drive. And that way it can survive. Any one drive can fail. And based on that checksum, it can rebuild the one that failed. Yeah. Whoa. So this is a common thing in the SANS that I deal with at work. Is it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now, Unraid is a proprietary piece of software. It's built by a company. It's called Unraid. You right. mm-hmm. downloaded it for free and started using it. A lot of the corporate systems, like we use Dell and we use Hitachi and a few other okay. storage mm-hmm. systems, they do the same thing that you're describing, but just in their own ecosphere of software. So gotcha. my Dell data domains that work 
as uh, storage devices for my backup service. On them, I have 50 or 60 drives, mm-hmm. and I probably have like four or five spares. They call them hot spares in the Dell language. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So if any of my drives go bad, the spare kicks in, the drive is nullified in the system that it's not writable anymore. Mm-hmm. And then later on, when they send me a new drive, I just take the old drive out, pop the new drive in, mm-hmm. and link it in the system, and it becomes a spare then. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, that, it sounds like that's what Unraid is based around. A question I have, though, it sounds like the way you're describing it, though, is that if you lost a drive, you would not be able to get those files back until you rebuilt the drive? If you lose the drive, you you do want to have a spare standing by for when one fails. That's okay. right. Because it's not redundant, but when you throw the new drive in, you immediately has, have access to the material because it can rebuild and for every parity drive you have, that's how many drives you can have fail simultaneously and survive ah, it. Ah, okay, okay. So if okay. I have two parity drives, I can lose two drives at once. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so that's kind of interesting. So however many hot spares you have, that's how many drives you can lose. That's right. And they don't look at it as a hot spare per se. They look at it as here's the parity, and you can use it when you ha- when you're down a drive. As soon as you plug in a spare, that's a cold spare, I guess you have sitting by. It rebuilds, and now it's a parity drive again. But you still have access while you're on the other spare while you're getting I think so no I haven't had a drive fail yet but that's my understanding yep actually yeah you should be able to pull a drive out (laughs) yeah I can pull a drive out and see the other really cool thing about it that I'm enjoying and and you know Levi touched on this when he was talking about it is if you have a good CPU which I do in this box you can run containers you can run VMs you can run dockers and they have an amazing docker app store I just clicked on hey I want to run an instance of sonar and boom it takes about 30 seconds it installs and you're logging into sonar you know I want to do a jacket right I want to do uh, a file manager, all these different little apps that install in these small container dockers that you can run as apps to manage your media or do extra stuff. It's like its own little like Google Play Store or Apple App Store, you know, all these things that someone else has curated and built that you can just plug in and start using, which is pretty darn neat. Yeah, they're like miniature purpose-built devices. They really are. Yep, they sure are. Yeah. So it has been a great deal of fun. I'm not done. Obviously, I'm waiting for some new equipment to come in to replace this motherboard. I'm some of my media is offline. I didn't lose anything. It's just, it's just the inconvenience. So I've, uh, I have been having to dump some money into it. It's like a boat. There's always something more to buy. <laughs> they provide a concept of cash drives, which they recommend you do SSDs. That's near line. So as stuff comes in and out, it's really, really fast. And then when it has, it runs a service every once in a while that moves that onto your actual storage drives without any slowdown or performance. Okay. So how do you put multiple drives in your device? Like where do you, how's that? Cause they only have so many bays normally. So how does this work? Well, you have as many bays and slots as you want. So I bought a box that will house up to 10 three and a half oh, inch drives. Okay, so you bought a separate box that holds your drives yep. and then that connects to your computer. And I bought a PCI card that will give me six more six gigabit per second SATA connections. Ah, got it, got it. Yeah, as many as you can plug in, it can manage. The base configuration is 22 drives. I'm only going to have about six as I get started here. But that's cool. So actually, normally with six, you'd have the equivalent of three drives of storage, right? And they're right. traditional. But in this case, yeah, as soon as four. I get past parity, every new eight terabytes I add is eight full terabytes. Right. Just by migrating to Unraid, I'm increasing my storage by about 40%. Yeah, that's the part I really like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sounds cool. So I'll keep you updated as I go through this journey. I know yeah. that you wanted the free research of me doing it first and finding out the mistakes that I yep, made. Yep, yep. I've certainly made several, so I can help you out there. Uh, but I want to move over to George. You're also yeah. having some computer experimentation and problem Uh-oh. woes, aren't you? Well, I wasn't experimenting. <laughs> oh. My shit just broke. <laughs> what? So... <laughs> <laughs> what, what shit are you talking about? Well, you had said an update came and, and, and messed up some monitor outputs, right? Uh, we thought. I don't think the update actually caused the issue. Oh, OK. 
So yes, I had a Windows 10 update right before Windows 11 mm-hmm. uh, came out. Uh, it rebooted my system overnight, like I generally do. I woke up the next morning, logged into work, and only had one monitor and couldn't figure out what was going right. on. I've done uh, a lot of work and research since then to figure out that my particular AMD Radeon card has four outputs on the back of it. It has three display ports and one HDMI port. Of the type of card that I have, this is a specific variant that only apparently one vendor had. So how the company Skytech got it, I no idea. Blind coincidence. When yeah. I logged in, only the first DisplayPort was actively sending out a signal. DisplayPort 2 and DisplayPort 3 were not sending out a signal at all. Uh, I moved cables around, uh, did all the typical power it off, power it back on. I tried to uninstall the update to see if that was the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I even early on went to Windows 11 to see if that would help, and nothing did. Finally determined that, yes, the ports have just gone bad on this video card. What? So that uh, sent me oh into working with the company, Skytech, who I bought the PC from right. because... Uh, the entire computer and all of its components came with a one-year limited warranty. If something breaks, you get a replacement from them. And that's where all the fun really began. So I did a bunch <laughs> of troubleshooting through email and their little chat thing, which was only available Monday through Friday during business hours. We eventually worked out the same thing that I did that, yes, two of the four ports are bad on this system. What? Oh, my so, God. Now, their uh, recommendation is that we replace the video card. Yay, let's replace the video card. Sounds good. That makes simple. They have them? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know if they have them or not, but uh, the whole reason why I don't know if they have them is because when I said, okay, let's do that, they said, okay, you have to take your video card out and send it to us. That leaves you without any video out. Or maybe one out on the motherboard or something, right? Well, that's why there is an HDMI slot on the Mm -hmm. motherboard. But apparently, because this is a gaming PC and oh, the CPU doesn't have support or something. So yeah, so no video out that I would have if I take this card out of the machine. I'm like, okay, how long does your RMA process take? Uh, It takes about two weeks. (sighs) Well, in IT world, we all know that means four fucking weeks. So fuck you on your two weeks, first of all. I'm like, okay, so I have to send my card in first and then you'll send me the card back. And they're like, yes. I said, okay, well, I can't be down for two weeks on this PC. I use it for work. I work Mm -hmm. remotely from home. I really don't want to go into the office five full days if I don't have to because of equipment. So what can we do? What if I give you a credit card and you can put a deposit or even the whole amount of a video card and then ship it to me first and then I'll send you the one back. That way you have no physical financial issues. There's no risk. risk It's an advanced RMA. Yeah, you're taking all the risk. That's fair. Nope, that's against our company policy. What What? policies (laughs) your company have against taking money? That's what I want to know. Basically, ask him to sell you a card and take this one as a return. Yeah, and refund me when I give you the old one back. I thought that was a great way. So Skytech has brought me to the conclusion that the next time I get a PC, whether I build it myself or I get a pre-built, I'm not going to go with one of the smaller companies. As good as the deal might be on the components and all the stuff included on it, the issue that you have is what I'm facing now. They're a small company. They're operating on very narrow margins, apparently, and mm-hmm. that affects their customer service whenever there's an issue. So maybe they just don't have pockets deep enough to take little risks that seem like no-brainers, but they're so risk-averse because they're small, maybe. I hadn't thought of that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I, so... As much as I hate to say it, this will probably, on the next PC that I get for either a family member or myself or whatever, Mm -hmm. 
I'll probably go to one of the bigger companies. Go somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't like to do because we all know the bigger companies suck. Yeah. You know, (laughs) you're going to get substandard components for the same price. That's one of the reasons why I like Skytech because all the components were A1 top tier. Yeah. 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 Uh, Just so happened that mine happened to be a bad one. That's okay. That happens. But the way that they've handled the customer service. But not being able to support you the way that you need it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I just feel like that it's a big loss on their part. So I am actively telling our listening audience, I wouldn't buy from Skytech. Hmm. As much as I like the PC. Or, or look at Skytech and see what their PCs are and build your own off of, off of their specs, maybe. <laughs> if will, you and can. that's the thing that we talked about before, though. The problem is they do get some kind of bulk discount. So they're sure. going to get a cheaper price on the pre-built than you can do yourself. That's yeah, what that's I found. And that's why I bought this PC. Yeah. Just once you're locked into their customer service system, that's when your headache's going to begin if you have to call on them. If you have that problem. Hmm. Yep. Wow. Sorry to hear that, man. Nah, right. So what's your timeline look like now? Have you shipped off a card? Are you waiting on a new not. one? What's I've happening? I've bought bubble wrap. You bought? Okay. Well, I'm sorry it happened. Hey, I wish you luck in getting that return fast. Yeah. You, do you have a contingency plan? You have a temporary video card or something you're going to use to keep you working? Or <laughs> I kind of do. So Uh-oh. I've forgotten that on my old PC, I had bought one of these little USB to HDMI connection oh, things. Oh, you could do that temporarily. Sure. Yeah. So I won't be able to do any gaming on right. it, obviously, very fast. You know, or anything like that. But at least I can you got an output connect to work you can see can the damn something. screen at least yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god well I wish you luck in a quick recovery yeah. to get that turned around for you yes sir you too all right we'll be right back stick around I'm Allison Holland host of the Kennedy Dynasty podcast equipped with a microphone and a long-term fascination of the Kennedy family I am joined by an incredible cast of experts friends and guests to take you on a fun relaxed yet informative journey through history and pop culture From book references to fashion to philanthropy to our modern expectations of the presidency itself, you'll see that there is so much more to Kennedy than just JFK or conspiracy theories. Join me for the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. Each episode of Gen X Grown Up has show notes loaded with links where you can learn more about our topics. And there's even more to see and hear over at GenXGrownUp.com. Where is the Loch Ness Monster from? What was the name of those Brooklyn bombs? If you know first, then you're the one. Set of the century, it's a game you play like on TV with an electronic referee. What temperature makes water freeze? Sale of the Century, a game with questions, buzzers, prizes, just like on TV. With Quizzard, the electronic referee. This is the main event of the podcast for the three in attendance locally and the millions listening around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time! Three rounds in the GXG Gaming Division. All right, gentlemen, let's get into the game segment. I'm going to start us off real quick because... There is a new sale that's out there. Um, I had just listed it on our Trello card that we use for organizing our podcast. Mm-hmm. And five minutes later, we had people talking about it in our Discord channel already. Um, <laughs> oh, really? Look how popular you are. A couple episodes ago, you guys will remember that I said, you know, every now and then I'm going to talk to our listeners about sales that are coming yeah, up, yeah, about yeah. interesting games and bundles mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Humble Bundle, uh, the people who we give all kinds of kudos to, but never give us any 
props <laughs> or advertisements <laughs> or anything. They have a new bundle out for an old 80s video game collection called Leisure Suit Larry. Oh, my God. <laughs> that lecherous little pixelated those. dude. Yeah. I'm, yep. Did either of you guys play Leisure Suit Larry? I know I did. I did. But I did. You did? Yeah, o- yeah. Only peripherally. I don't know if I ever finished one, but I think we all played one because it's like, ooh, we might see pixelated boobs. Let's watch right. it. Right? Let's try it. <laughs> that was the whole draw of the whole series, right? It was. It was yeah. very sexualized and yep. innuendo and everything. Looking for love in all the wrong places. Exactly. So <laughs> they have the Leisure Suit Larry collection as a bundle going right now. There are two options. You can get the three item bundle, which has the first three games in it okay. for $1. Or you can get the nine item bundle, which has the whole series, all nine games in it for $10. Holy cow. I mean, yes, it's an old game. Yes, it's not worth 50 cents, maybe. <laughs> But for nostalgic purposes, it's worth almost everything. So $10 for nine of those games, just to have them on your Steam collection, it, it's kind of worth it, I think, if you enjoy it. It's like, do you want to play them? You might just want to play with them. Like, to remember right. an experience, right? It's like, oh, I remember how this worked. That was cool. Let's play a little bit. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, it was kind of in that same pointy, clicky thing. Like, uh, what was that game that we used to play like, with? Monkey, Monkey Island or Day of the Island. Tentacle. Yeah. Those yeah, things. Yeah. yeah, Maniac Mansion. Kind of in those same veins, that same style. I enjoyed the Leisure Suit Larry stuff. I think I played three or four of them before I gave up on the series. But if you're interested in a cheap, fun way to enjoy your afternoon with some 80 NC-17 nostalgia. <laughs> that's, that's about what it is, NC-17. That, that yeah. Leisure Suit Larry collection is available to you on Humble that works. Yeah, I don't know if it's even the, I think it's just, it barely reached R, but yeah. <laughs> yeah no. <laughs> well, that's what I wanted to talk a little bit about. Cool. Uh, Mo has no games to talk about, so we're just not nope. even going to speak to Mo, and we're going to jump right oh, over to Mo. John. John, you have <laughs> yep. some game that you said in the introduction would make me want to go camping, which is not really possible. <laughs> Give it a shot. Give it an open mind. We'll see. Not that I want you or need you to go camping. It's just the theme <laughs> of the game. So, okay. <laughs> so I found another really interesting mobile game. So this is both on uh, Google Play and Android and also on Apple for iOS. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's called Tents and Trees Puzzles. Now I just call it Tents and Trees. I don't know why the puzzles is tagged on the end. <laughs> uh, it's by a little company called Frozax. And this little game is like if you put into a blender Picross, Minesweeper, and Sudoku and kind of blended them up. And instead of numbers and math, it's little tents and little trees on a grid. So the concept is this. You get a grid like five by five or seven by seven or however big it is. And you have some trees scattered around. It's a campground and there are trees. And there are certain rules, like every tree must have one tent adjacent to it. No tents can be adjacent to one another. And you know on the sides of the grid how many tents or trees are in that column or row. So you get like, like a little logic thing, mm-hmm. like it can't be here because then it would be next to this one so you can eliminate them. So you either put down a little patch of grass to say that we know this one's clear or you put down a little tent because you know there's a tent there. So it's a little puzzle solver and each one takes 30 seconds to solve probably. Now they get progressively harder and longer. You know, they get seven by seven grids. Then it goes up to like a 15 by 15 grid, which I can't imagine oh my God. how many. I'm only up to like the, I think seven by seven now. Mm-hmm. The art style is kind of that, uh, kind of a blocky, uh, almost like a Minecraft look, like the trees are a little bit blocky and pixely a little bit. It's sitting on a grid. 
The game itself is completely free to download and play. So on top of the game, which I recommend, I think it's fun to play and you might enjoy it. I appreciate how they monetize the game. So it has the typical thing that you'll see. There are ads which will pop up after you finish a level, right? Not interrupting your level, but at the end it'll pop up and oh, they'll watch this quick ad and then you can continue. And the way you unlock new levels is by spending coins that you earn naturally throughout the course of the game. But for just 99 cents, you can eliminate all ads and they'll give you 100 coins. Uh, And I took that option because I like the game right away because I didn't want to see the ads. The other thing I like about it, you remember the... um, the sand mixing game where you had the the, the, uh, the, the test tubes and yeah. you had to put the right colors of sand in it. Oh yeah, those ones where you're having you have like so many spaces that you can use. Right, and you have to right. Shift stuff around. Yeah. Yep. You remember that game had a thing where if you got stuck, you could watch an ad to get an extra test tube, so you could make right. the, the game mm-hmm. easier. So they have that model here. After you get rid of ads, if you want to multiply the coins you earn, watch an ad. If you don't want to, don't do it. No requirement. So I was happy to pay them the 99 cents and unlock the ads. Uh, On top of that, though, another reason I wanted to call them out was because the customer support that they had. Unlike you, George, I had a problem (laughs) with this this app and I got really good customer support Ah, from the guy over at Frozax, which I'm guessing is a single developer, most likely a single guy. I paid the 99 cents to to get rid of all the ads and I was still getting ads. So I left a three-star review that said, I really like this game. I paid to eliminate the ads and they're still popping up. If that gets fixed, I'll give it a five-star review. And within the hour, I got an email from the developer and said, hey, what problem are you having? Ask me a few questions. Can you send me a screenshot of this? Let's see what's happening. He's like, I'm not sure. Here's another code for another hundred coins. Let's see if it works this time. And he went back and forth with me about four emails until it was working properly. And I ended up with more than I paid for. So I support not only how good the game is and how unintrusive the ads are, but the fact that this developer is so engaged. And by the way, I did follow up and leave him that five-star review because he earned it. The game Mm -hmm. is fun and it's great. Uh, So that's what I wanted to talk about. So before I get out of it though, let's see, do you feel any more like going camping now that we're talking about tents and trees? Nope. Nope. Still didn't work. But I might play the game. Yeah. I was going to say, do you feel any more like playing this game though? Okay. That's good. (laughs) That's really. Yeah. So John actually clued me into this game earlier today, as a matter of fact. And and I am now in the second batch of puzzles. <laughs> and, uh, say, it does remind me a lot of Minesweeper in the sense that you're looking at squares and you're like, can't be, can't be, might be, has to be, you know, that, that yep. way you used to do like in Minesweeper. For sure. And yeah. I like these logic games. Is it the logic is very simple. The rules are simple, but mm-hmm. I can see how the it's deductive reasoning that, you know, you sometimes you have to look at the negatives to figure out what the right answers are. I love these That's kinds right. of things. I think it's a great game. Yeah. Well, George, last episode, you talked about that basketball forever. That was just mm-hmm. so easy to pick up, quick play, put down. You didn't feel super invested. And that's how this is. As soon as I get stuck, I'm like, oh, I'm done. I'll come back to this later. And inevitably, I do. So, yeah. Tints and Trees, check it out on your mobile device. Uh, I don't think you'd be disappointed and a good developer to support. I recommend it. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out. If you're a diehard Gen X grown-up, you can pledge your support by clicking join on YouTube or by becoming a patron at genxgrownup.com slash Patreon. Those who have waited and waited can now see the light. 
for Toyota introduces a car close to perfection, the all-new 1987 Toyota Camry. Camry gets more power to pass from a new 16-bow fuel-efficient engine, a quiet, more comfortable cabin for five, and more of the Toyota quality that has made Camry the most trouble-free new car, domestic or import, sold in America. Who could ask for anything more? Toyota. Before we wrap up the show, we always like to take a few minutes here in the last segment to talk about the things we are looking at right now and enjoying or looking forward to between now and the next time we get together to speak. And uh, George, why don't we get started with you? What do you have on the horizon? Yeah. Uh, first thing that I'm looking forward to is getting a functioning video card. I think, <laughs> I think that's something that is very important for me that's right now. It's high on your agenda. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, second thing is a movie that is coming out on November 19th. It stars Will Smith and it's called King Richard. And it's hmm. a fictional biopic about the Serena and Venus Williams, the tennis playing sisters. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And how they came up and yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it because Will Smith always does a really outstanding job with these biopic films. You look at his yeah. Ali film and you look at the yeah. one that he did Pursuit called of uh, Pursuit of Happiness that I mm-hmm. still cannot go back and watch me to this either. day because it makes me too sad. <laughs> like Finch. Uh, the third thing and most uh, important thing that I'm looking forward to right now is another movie comes out on November 24th. It's called Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. So it looks like they're trying to start a new franchise of the Resident Evil movies. I I see and hear John groaning. I actually enjoyed the Resident Evil films. I didn't play the games that much. The films were popcorn fare at best, but they were a (laughs) fun distraction for an hour and a half. I I can't quit those movies for some reason. Like if there's a new Resident Evil one, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. So (laughs) this is not, I don't think this is PTS and it's not uh, what's her name again. It's new no, actors. No, Jovovich playing. in it or anything. Yeah. yeah. So you know she's off doing her monster hunter thing. I think she's. Yeah. I saw the off. trailer for this. It just looks so much like the video game. Like, is there a movie in there anywhere? I or don't Maybe care. that's what you're looking for in the film. Okay, maybe that's what you want <laughs> out of it. Care. Okay. I'm right. looking forward to it. You don't have to crap on my looking forward to thing. You got your own looking forward to things. Well, you can crap on my stuff then if you want. Make it fair. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, so I'm looking forward to uh, continue working on the unraid system a new project like this new experiment it's it's kind of a long tail on it there's a lot of there's just time to move over terabytes of data but i'm having fun playing with the platform and and doing more research so i'm definitely going to be diving more into that when my replacement parts arrive thank you newegg there's a new film that I saw is on its way coming November 24th on HBO Max. I came out of left field, never heard of it, called 8-Bit Christmas. Oh, yeah. This has Neil Patrick Harris, and he's recounting to his family the story of the Christmas that he wanted a Nintendo Entertainment System. And all of the, <laughs> how everybody was clamoring for it and how the kids were fighting about it. And there's a part of the trailer that grabbed me that said, okay, now I'm in. Even though I was a bit old for the NES, I think we all kind of were. We were, you know, mm-hmm. we were all into either college or late high school by the time the NES came around and like my girlfriend's little brother was the NES guy but I can relate to wanting how bad I wanted an Atari and I could map that onto this there's a spot in the trailer where he's talking about you know I was going to I was going somewhere on my bicycle and there's a picture of him and like he's got this cloth beanie and he's riding down the street and his daughter says you wear a helmet right he's like oh of course and ding the helmet is on the uh, kid in the flashback because he's revising <laughs> what his childhood was actually like so that his kids will uh, will behave and think that he wasn't a, a renegade but it looks really cute uh, yeah. 8-bit Christmas uh, and the most important thing that I'm looking forward to, uh, coming on the heels of our backtrack just last week, Ghostbusters Afterlife is coming out November yeah. 19th. 
that direct follow-up to the events of Ghostbusters 1 and 2, ignoring all the cartoons, the 2016 film. It looks so good. I mean, if you want to know more about our thoughts about it, go back and listen to last week's Backtrack. But I already have my tickets for Thursday night, and uh, I'm eager to see it. I know we're going to be talking about it next time we get together. Yeah, absolutely. Well, how about you, Mel? What do you got coming up? Let's see. So we have yet another Disney Marvel series coming out, Hawkeye, November 24th, which oh, that's- it could be it could be good. It looks like it's a little lighter fare, tongue-in-cheek kind of stuff. And so mm-hmm. I'm all for that zone. There's also one that's coming on Netflix November 19th. Uh, live action cowboy bebop. Mm. I have, I, 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 I <laughs> no, I mean, I really like cowboy bebop. I mm-hmm. watched it back in the eighties. I have very low expectations for the live action version, but yeah, I could be surprised. I, I could, I'm hoping I, we do. Yeah, I'm exactly. Hoping we I'm, hope, I'm hoping for that is better than I expect it to be. So mm. low expectations there. But what I'm really looking forward to is Blade Runner Black Lotus, a new series that's coming on what? November 14th. Really? It's basically, it takes place uh, some years before the second Blade Runner movie. Okay. Okay. A woman wakes up, as it's kind of a typical, wakes up like no memories, but you know has some skills and that kind of thing. And she's trying to track down and her only clue is that she has a tattoo of a black lotus on her. This sounds really interesting to me, Mo. What network or thing is this on? Is it on Apple Plus or HBO Max? Or This is kind what? of weird. It's on Cartoon Network. It's part of the Adult Swim. That's an odd fit. Okay, Adult it, Swim. I could see that. You said it was animated, so okay. Yeah, Cartoon sure. Network. Right. I mean, that shouldn't be that unusual. It's Cartoon mm-hmm. Network. <laughs> I wouldn't expect, like, uh, I'm assuming it's going to be pretty dark and gritty, like Blade Runner always is. Um, But, you know, Adult Swim, so maybe that's where it is. But it looks great. The trailer looks awesome. I, obviously, I put a link to it. But, you know, I'm a huge Blade Runner fan, as you guys know. So I'm just hoping that this just adds another awesome layer to the whole thing. Hmm. Well, I wish you luck between Cowboy Bebop and Blade Runner <laughs> Don't swim. Who knows what you got coming? Yeah, really. (laughs) All right. That is going to wrap it up for this edition of the show. Before we leave, I want a quick shout out and thank a couple of new or returning, I might say, uh, supporters over on Patreon. Keith S. was a longtime supporter. His membership lapsed, but he re-upped just last week. Thank you again for coming back. Thank you so much for your support. Oh, fantastic. Thank you. And I think just a couple weeks ago, I welcomed Mike Coe as a new patron Mm -hmm. at the $10 level. He's already up to the $25 top Whoa. tier just because he's so enthusiastic about wow. the show. Wow. Nice. Thank you so much. I mentioned Mike already is uh, over on Discord and really contributing over there. So your generosity uh, and everyone who supports us, whether it's over on YouTube as a member mm-hmm. or on Patreon as a patron, thank you for your support. It really, really keeps us going. means the world to us. That is going to do it for this episode. We'll be back in two weeks, of course, but next week is our backtrack. It is going to be the return of a very popular episode we had for the first time last year, our geek gift guide for 2021 <laughs> this time around. Uh, it's, it's the time you're going to be Christmas shopping. You're looking for uh, gifts for fellow geeks and nerds. Uh, and we're going to break it down. We'll have uh, different price tiers, regardless of what your budget is. Uh, some good ideas that you might uh, be looking for or hadn't thought of for the geek in your family or in your immediate circle. <laughs> I hope you will join us for that one. Until then, I am John. George, thank you so much for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, you know I appreciate you, buddy. Always fun, man. Fourth listener, it's you. We all three appreciate most of all, though, And we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. JetX Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Unacceptable for grown-ups. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Oh, wait, hold on. I don't want to start yet. Uh Uh-oh. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) What?
uh, what's is this on? Is this on HBO or Apple Plus? Or oh shit, I don't know. Hold up. <laughs> Just, Damn it, I, Mo. I just threw it on my list to grab it. Uh, oh, right. We, we just put it in sonar. Who the hell knows? <laughs> I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.